Before we introduce our guests this morning, please also note the announcements about a series of events two weekends from this weekend as we celebrate our 190th anniversary through the presence of Heidi and James Hudnut Boimler. Heidi Hudnut Boimler being the granddaughter of William and Elizabeth Hudnut, who served as pastor here in 1946 to 1964. There will be a lot going on on Saturday and on Sunday. You don't need to RSVP for anything on Sunday, but you do for Saturday. Both Jim's presentation on Saturday morning, his new book on the future of mainline Protestantism in the U.S. He's writing about us and he's an expert on it. So please come Saturday morning as you can. And then a festive tea on Saturday afternoon at 430 we hope all of you will come and invite your friends to celebrate our 190th anniversary and to be together in community. But in order for us to plan, especially for the tea, you really do need to RSVP. And you really do need to know you are not a great RSVPing congregation. So if you, um, so as soon as you can, call the church office to let us know you're coming to help us in our preparations for what will be a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Was that too direct? I don't know. <laughs> I can tell you. So, as Lynette has suggested, this weekend is the annual opportunity for us to have an exchange and an ongoing conversation with our friends at Temple Birth Kodesh. It's been a rain week. That's a wonderful gift for both congregations to share together. I was privileged to speak and worship at the temple on Friday evening and was warmly received and we're privileged this morning to welcome many members from Brith Kodish. We hope you'll join us for our coffee hour afterwards to get to know us a little bit better. And of course, our friend and colleague, Rabbi Peter Stein, who really does need no introduction except for me to say, I am grateful beyond gratitude for the ways that our personal friendship and our relationship between congregations continues to grow. There are many commonalities of our lives together and also the work we share together. So I'm grateful for the ways that that has developed over the years and will continue so to do. We also want to know, Peter, we continue to stand with you in solidarity following the recent death of your father. You've been in our prayers and your family as well. Our Hebrew Bible Old Testament lesson for the morning comes from the book of Deuteronomy. I'm going to read from chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. Let us hear God's word. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Keep these words that I'm commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead, and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's green. It's on. I had specific instructions. Good morning, everyone. And thank you so much, Reverend Wilkinson, for the warm welcome and warm introduction. I, too, cherish the time we're able to spend together, and especially occasions such as this. I will also add that 
we share the challenge of RSVPs. <laughs> so I will add my plea to John's. These events sound wonderful, so please respond in good course. And John, maybe you can help us with our Passover signups. <laughs> I will add also a congratulations on reaching this 190th anniversary. We at Temple B'rith Kodesh are now beginning our 170th anniversary, which we cherish and rejoice in reaching this milestone and know that we have good things to look forward to 20 years from now, as we will also, I pray, be able to celebrate 190 years of service and presence in our beloved city of Rochester. I want to begin with a few words from the incomparable Jewish singer and songwriter Debbie Friedman. Debbie wrote the following. Childhood was for fantasies, for nursery rhymes and toys. The world was much too busy to understand small girls and boys. As I grew up, I came to learn that life was not a game, that heroes were just people that we called another name. And the old shall dream dreams, and the youth shall see visions, and their hopes shall rise up to the sky. We must live for today, we must build for tomorrow. Give us time, give us strength, give us life. This song was part of the soundtrack of my childhood. It was the closing song for my confirmation service in 1986, and it was sung countless times in worship and at youth activities. In recent days, I found myself turning back to these familiar words and seeing them in new ways. Reverend Wilkinson and I met a few weeks ago for lunch, as we enjoy doing on a regular basis. In our conversation, we came to the potential in this year's pulpit exchange. We each said to the other that it might be important to discuss the essential work being done to address the educational inequalities in our community. I could speak at length as John offered some historical reflections from Presbyterian history on Friday. I could speak at length about the long history in American Jewry of commitment to public education, the public schools and public universities being the primary access point for assimilation and success after immigration in the 1800s and 1900s. John and I had that conversation just a few weeks ago. We reflected on the powerful work that is already happening to support the city's schools and to address the dramatic disparities in different parts of Monroe County. And then we all witnessed the tragic event in Parkland. My choice of word here is both intentional and aspirational. I don't want to say that we learned of the event, 
or that we heard the news. No. I hope that we see ourselves as witnesses. And that as witnesses, we will realize our responsibility to take action. Reverend shared a few moments ago the words from the book of Deuteronomy, a charge which is sacred and ancient and ever new. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Take to heart these instructions and impress them upon your children. We have a responsibility, one, to fulfill with all our being to our children. Yes, that responsibility includes working towards educational excellence and equal opportunity for all our children, all of them, regardless of skin color or gender or zip code. That responsibility also includes working to create safe spaces for our children to learn and grow. I know that last weekend Reverend Wilkinson spoke about gun violence in the context of the Lenten journey through the wilderness. All of us of every faith are in that wilderness and the promised land of safety and peace is tragically far away. In the spring of 1999, I was about to be ordained and I was visiting a temple for interviews, the temple that I came to serve that summer. Just as we were about to go into the meeting room, the news alert came through. Twelve students and one teacher were killed at a high school in Columbine. That was my welcome to the rabbinate. And here we sit nearly two decades later, and 17 have just died in another high school, and so many in between. My daughter's university had a campus-wide evacuation the day before we moved her into the dorm, and a campus-wide lockdown just before Thanksgiving. The voice of our scriptures calls out, love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might and take care of your children. I believe that these tragedies occur sickeningly over and over again are a sign of a culture that embraces violence as well as the lack of specific controls placed on gun ownership and gun use these are only a symptom. I believe that it is possible to have a world that is filled with peace and love and kindness. I believe that it is possible to eliminate cruel and hateful words from our vocabulary and to abolish violent acts from the realm of the acceptable. I believe that it is possible to create a world where guns are never pointed at other human beings 
and where those who are troubled find the embrace and the help that they need. I will proclaim this over and over to those charged with making our laws. It is our responsibility to our children. I will proclaim this over and over. I believe we need to change our culture, change what is considered acceptable. Debbie's song declared childhood was for fantasies, for nursery rhymes and toys. We need to work to return to that reality for today's students of every age are forced to learn how to perform active shooter drills along with the nursery rhymes. And the guns aren't toys anymore. And that pains me in all my heart, in all my soul. Debbie's world-weary wisdom declared, as I grew up, I came to learn that life was not a game, that heroes were just people that we called another name. Let us strive to be those heroes. It doesn't take a cape and special powers. All it takes is our voices to declare our belief that we can make change. We can change our laws, our funding structures, and we can change our culture. There are many possible actions to consider. There is one that I reflect on today. Among the many points of advocacy, is one that urges the restoration of funding to the Centers for Disease Control to conduct research on gun violence. This is an advocacy effort backed by more than 100 medical organizations, by many other groups of all different sorts. It is a sad reality that because of political infighting in the mid-1990s, the CDC has been unable to conduct research that could lead to life-saving recommendations. Many thousands of lives, including so many children in schools, have been lost, and yet politics has gotten in the way of even exploring possible solutions. In my mind, this should be a universal impulse. We need to search for solutions, however we define the problem. Let us raise our voices and take action together. I have been so inspired by the students who have taken action in these last days. They are leading us and reminding us of our responsibility. Most importantly, they are teaching us that it is possible to change what is considered acceptable. The command in Deuteronomy was given in the wilderness, coming at the end of 40 years of wandering. Those 40 years were a time of learning. All the people needed to learn how to honor God's presence. And that learning, the text says, 
is so that we can shape and support and sustain the generations that come after us. We do this when we create schools that are safe from violence, when we refuse to accept violence in any way, in any place. I look forward to working together, temple and church united, to honor our responsibility to our children. Together, we have great power. I close with the final verse of Debbie's song. Today's the day I take my stand, the future's mine to hold. Commitments that I make today are dreams from days of old. I have to make the way for generations come and go. I have to teach them what I've learned so they will come to know. And the old shall dream dreams and the youth shall see visions and our hopes shall rise up to the sky. We must live for today. We must build for tomorrow. Give us time. Give us strength. Give us life. Amen.